So today we're talking to Richard. Hi there, Richard, and welcome back to the podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm oh, very well, thank you. I'm really enjoying Zine Quest. It's very exciting. Uh, it seems like it's there's a new projects month. to back every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really wild month. Yeah, uh, my head is aching. <laughs> I don't doubt it. But as a yes, indeed pod returner, would you like to reintroduce yourself and let us know what you do in indie tabletop role playing games? Oh, absolutely. My name is Richard, and I am a game and puzzle designer. And right now, I, I think my biggest projects are I run uh, the Academy of Adventures, which is teaching uh, D&D and playing D&D with kids online as an after-school program. Wow, that's super fun. I bet you have it's an wild. absolute blast with that. <laughs> it is really fun. I've got it set up so I'm running two different sessions almost every weekday, and it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Wow, you are playing a lot of D&D at the moment, then. It is true. It's <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> Do you just play D&D or do you hit other indie games as well? So it, it's funny, The uh, I did this as a summer camp, just kind of, that was more learning. And this has been more of a like a long-term campaign throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And during the summer camp, the first thing I did is I ran basically lasers and feelings. Like uh, we, we played a game called Honey and Heists. It's very similar to Honey Heist, but I wanted, I love that concept, but I wanted it like as simple as possible. So, nice. so we boil it down. So oh, it was fun. really the, you know, you had your bear versus thief and, and that was about it. I didn't do the moving mechanic because while I loved it, I just wanted, it was like day one, introduce yourselves. Cool. Now you're a bear thief. Let's go. And we were playing within minutes. It was amazing. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. That sounds really fun. I bet that would be a, an absolute blast with kids. Well, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. I, I got a letter recently. One of those players uh, sent me a letter as their bear character who had become president, I guess, oh, during our adventure. so cute. <laughs> it was great. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it really held on to them like it was in their minds. <laughs> so, Richard, you're running a zine quest campaign this month. I am. Would you like to give us a little bit of an elevator pitch for what your zine is? Absolutely. This is wild. Like I said, D&D is in my brain, and I love thinking about mechanics that you could add into it, like new systems to the side. And this one we're calling uh, Twill's Twist Points. And and the big idea is like we, we're getting into Twill as this gnomish like cryptoarchaeologist. They're out there right. in the environments. They're finding these these objects and realizing that, you know, you that's got some power to it. I could use it to like boost my abilities or do wild things in the scene. Yeah. And so we're trying to create this system where suddenly the environment is also a player in your D&D game, kind of. You know, you can you can really activate it in these, uh, I think we're writing at the moment, 25 different scenes that you could run your own encounter in and have these little bits to add in. <laughs> oh, that's super fun. Wow. What sort of um, what sort of scenes is that then? What sort of environments and scenes do you, do you uh, look at in your zine? Give us your favorites. So one of my favorites, I think I started with, you know, I wanted the, the Pirate's Cove, of course. So we have our, our Darkwater Cove and there's Ooh. there's some things you would expect, like the, the refuse in the pirate camp. There's some things that you like, um, their mountain of crab shells or whatever, you know, a simple one, but you could use it to like boost your armor class if you're using like those kind of spells or fling it out as a distraction, right? I, I cool. wanted that sense of like, you know, gladiators kicking up sand and things, yeah. but without that being a, a class requirement yeah. or anything. Yeah. It's just anyone could do that stuff. Absolutely. 
There's also like the the Naiad shrine up on the the mountain, like the kind of forgotten about. But if you access that, you can get some additional powers from the sea as well. So some interesting like Fae summons or something like that. That's super cool. I'm excited about it because I, I yeah. love, you know, especially playing with kids. That's the stuff they want is is not just like my character can do this and the monster can do this, but like. Let's swashbuckle. Let's. Where's the chandelier? Like, where? Where's the cool stuff I can do? <laughs> yeah, just like lean into all of those tropes and all of those, um, all of those things that are really, really easy for people to pick up on, especially kids who are already like very, very well versed in effectively genre fiction. So <laughs> it's really nice to be able to lean into that. Exactly, and it's you know one of the scenes that I like. I wrote one about like the infernal machine. And of course, if if I'm writing that as DM or something, I'm probably going to let you know what the machine does. But I just wanted to have it in there because, of course, people are going to want to touch the machine. Like, they're going to press the button. What does the button do? Yeah. You know, what does it do if I throw something in the gears of an infernal machine and start <laughs> causing <laughs> havoc? Yeah, because, of course, kids are going to do that. Some some grownups might not. But <laughs> right. But if the option was there, right, if... um. If you, you took this zine and you, you set it out and you said, here are some of the things you find in the scene. And then, you know, your character who is proficient in, in arcana or something, of course, you look around and you recognize the, the arcana things that you could do in this scene and, and might start pulling for those. Yeah. So that's what we're up to. It's a, like, it's, it's a side. We're not writing an adventure with it or anything. We're not making any new subclasses. We just want this, this environment to kind of come alive. I really like that. I like when people write locations and environments because it can go to D&D, but it can go to any system. I think that's really fun. Yes. <laughs> the, sort of the, the best system is system neutral, as somebody said to me the other day. <laughs> I agree with that. So as we were looking at at it, you know, some of the things are are specific just because of me and I'm writing this with my uh, my friend Julian Liberon Titus. We're old friends. He he worked on a game called Storm Hollow, which is fantastic, and uh, he just wanted a way to get back in. So we kind of challenged each other to to make a, a zine, like to to create a small focused project. <laughs> and uh, and this is what's come out. It's been incredible. Yeah, sounds wild. So are you writing this with gaming for kids in mind? I'm writing it with my experience, I think, but it's not aimed at kids specifically. My big thoughts, you know, we're talking about how to run it the best way, whether it's this is a thing that you set out on the table, like, you know, the, with it, you know, if you have this printed out, flatten the zine to an infernal machine, you see the six, you know, possible points available to you and go from there. Maybe it's something where the DM is being a little bit more careful and on your turn, you decide to search and they look through to tell you a thing that you find. I think it's meant for anyone who wants to focus on kind of the exploration pillar. You know, if if you get into a scene and, oh, it's, you know, it's five zombies. Okay, I can fight them and get some experience, whatever. But if that sounds a little too, a lot of characters, that's not their thing, you know? <laughs> so looking at the environment, looking around it, at what they could activate gives people some other options. And I see it in my kids. <laughs> I feel like it's the pillar of D&D that gets left out most frequently, those pillars being exploration combat and social interaction and yeah i feel like exploration does get left out apart from in the kind of dungeon crawling bit and why because it's fun <laughs> it's it really is, fun it yeah it's certainly difficult when i wrote my my book of detective adventures that was a big part of it like how how can you write classes that focus on exploration and not just you know combat the the role-playing stuff just comes you know naturally but yeah it's it's tougher to kind of think about how you could get a tool that would help you explore really well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it wouldn't be in a combat scene, it might not be useful. So, but I love it. I love that pillar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It sounds really fun. Are you writing sort of uh, encounter suggestions into that as well, or is it just leaving it open for, for GMs to do what they like with? We are, we're basically leaving it pretty open, but we wanted to make sure we had a lot of fantastic scenes. We'll have a couple, you know, that are still, Julian is talking about doing one that's like the the most average corridor, so that there's still some <laughs> things you can throw into pretty random scenes. But yeah. uh, but I want the, the haunted house, you know, I want the pirate cove, I want these these other things, and oh, wow, we'll have, you house. know, in our table of contents. Yes, yes. Oh, that one is very good. <laughs> I'll bet. I have the the family portrait as one of the the legendary twist points in that one, and uh, if, you know if you can access the spirits of the house and you cast a spell like spirit guardians or spiritual weapon, those spells are much stronger while the ghosts are on your side. Oh, that's fun! Yeah, I'm just thinking back to that very average corridor, and like you could just play that completely straight, but your players would be completely freaked out if they've been playing D and D for years. <laughs> You like the people exactly, who just get exactly. absolutely terrified by any door that is not open. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I love that. So then the, the question is, do you, you know, do we write these with encounters in mind? Or, you know, we're, we're planning to leave them pretty open so that when you look through the table of contents and you're writing your adventure at home and you're like, I want to make this this haunted house a little bit more interesting. How could I do that? Well, bam, there's a there's a little playset for you. Kind of the, the idea. I don't know that we would run an adventure all the way through, but that would be a lot of fun. It would now be that a I lot of fun. About it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love them. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, thank you for telling me about Twill's Twist Points. Do you want to give us a few hints of about uh, the Kickstarter campaign that you're running then? Oh, sure. That's probably good. Uh, we'll be launching on uh, on the 15th, which I know is like a, a turnaround date. I think a lot of projects are wrapping up right around then so we'll yeah. be part of are we are we wave two wave three at this point <laughs> so that should be out we'll be running for for two weeks uh mostly because you know this is my f- first scene quest so i'm kind of excited to to make sure i'm 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 doing the thing that we're all doing i want to i want a yeah. small like quick campaign i want the excitement and the momentum like it's it's an exciting initiative to be part of honestly i, I think it's fun <laughs> Oh, it's so much fun. And I know you've run Kickstarter campaigns before, and obviously I've followed lots of Kickstarter campaigns before, but something about ZineQuest is super exciting. <laughs> it's really hard to put yeah. a finger on it. It's just like all this creative energy, all this buzz, and people are just making little things and talking about them all the time. Ah, it's fantastic. And it's it's great as well. Um, I just, you know, I come from this this background that is... We we play D&D and games like D&D, you know, when it comes down to it, Rifts and Shadowrun are... But seeing all these other games that are coming out with with Zine Quest is amazing, and so I yeah, I'm going to go through and grab a ton of them, and and just try them all out. So I'm curious uh, what's, what yeah. other kind of game styles there are out there. I yeah. do love a good you know fiasco or or the skeletons things like that. So absolutely, and yeah, like the best thing about Zine Quest is like how accessible this all is as well. Like most things that are out there are kind of $10 or less and you can get a, you know a printed copy of a game for maybe $15 with postage so wow yeah there's so much out there that you can pick up like my wallet is taking a serious hit this month <laughs> I understand we looked at it and we were kind of curious about how we could create a you know for for every kickstarter you want to have those higher pledge levels for for people who want to get involved a little bit so the one we have is definitely creating a scene of your own like writing us a a paragraph of a location you want in your campaign and then getting like these specific twist points for for your own game oh that's so fun that's our bigger level yeah <laughs> i love to see what people come up with these for these big levels it's like oh me too yeah <laughs> i'll run a game for you that's nice of you <laughs> thanks <laughs> that sort of thing yeah 
There's some amazing art prints. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm very jealous of the people who can afford those. <laughs> True. Yes. I probably won't be getting too many of those. <laughs> what is it that your campaign is funding? Is it funding art um, as well as a print run? Well, for for us, most of it is the the print run itself. You know, we're we're both trying to to come in, make the the transition into playing games all the time. Um, and for Julian specifically, it's a it's a chance to kind of get back into it, which I'm very excited about. So we're making sure we've got that out of the way, and uh, and then also just trying to to go through the creation of all of these things. I mean, there's so many, so many. I think we counted, and there's going to be 300 unique little effects. In this game, oh, making sure so those are all distinct and powerful and exciting. <laughs> and <laughs> it's going to take some work and some editing. So that's a big part of our budget. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm really excited about it. all of that. So two well, weeks good. starting from the 15th. <laughs> Have you got any stretch goals in mind? We we talked about it, and I'm not sure because we want to do this small, just focused campaign. We don't have any in mind at the moment. And we're looking around at other zine quests to kind of see if if there are some that would make sense for us to potentially do. It'll be just extra scenes, won't it? <laughs> exactly. See, and that would be amazing. All of that's so much more creation. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I encourage everybody to go and check it right now to see uh, where that campaign is at, because I'm pretty sure it'll be blasting through a huge budget by that point. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm excited about that. So, Richard, would you like to tell us where we can find you online? Oh, of course. Um, you can find me on Twitter at rmolina. Let's see, the or academyofadventures.com is where you can check in on my kids' camp at the moment. Um, got a whole bunch of different projects coming out uh, in the future, so I would check in on Twitter as kind of the main, main point of contact. <laughs> I just promote stuff all the time there. <laughs> I do a Twitch stream on Sunday mornings called Owlbear Soup. Um, it's at 11 a.m. Pacific, and, uh, and we talk for an hour about, uh, about Dungeons & Dragons and uh, where it was once a news and review show it's kind of morphed into an adventure writing show so we'll get our Ooh. our chat as we introduce a new monthly theme that's um, exciting talking about pirates at the moment yeah yeah so Fantastic. we talk about pirate stuff and then we start building an adventure outline and then we build specific encounters um and for most of that we're taking taking feedback from our chat to kind of fill out the whole thing uh it's what twitch is all about i love twitch <laughs> right we we ended up with a very flavor town guy fieri styled water deep baking challenge at some point <laughs> that was an excellent adventure i love that one okay the chat kept pushing us and it was great <laughs> fantastic gotta lean into what chat says yeah that's that's the mood exactly thanks very much for telling us about all of that thank you of course yeah i guess all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for coming on yes indeed pod and fantastically good luck with your kickstarter campaign thank you yes indeed pod is hosted and edited by mark shepherd of marks of high water you can contact the show on twitter at yes indeed pod that's y-e-s-i-n-d-i-e-d-p-o-d or support the show by leaving a rating or review or donating through Ko-Fi at Yes Indeed Pod. Intro and outro music is from Take a Chance, and interstitial music is from BitQuest, both by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Filmmusic.io. Until next time, remember, does Indie need you? Yes, indeed.